Ross, are you actually alive? You've not mentioned, you've not said anything yet. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, you are there. I'm just checking before we, before we start that we actually <laughs> realise that Ross isn't actually on the call. Oh, he, was, he was the first one on. Was he? Yeah. Mm. I just didn't hear you. Sorry, friend. I was just checking. Just doing right. due diligence before we get going. Right. Hello friends and welcome to the Midweek Kings of Anglia podcast. We're calling this one the Hot and Angry podcast. It's Thursday, Ipswich Town lost 2-1 at Sunderland on Tuesday night. A very contentious and controversial ending to the game, which obviously we're going to break down. Welcome to, of course, to Lockdown version 2, the worst sequel in the history of sequels. Lockdown 2, this time it's till Christmas. We'll talk more about that as well. I'm your host as ever, Mark Heath. And with me, I'm pleased to say, are the whole damn Band. All of us all together to talk about Sunderland, which is going to be tremendous fun. I'm going to start, first of all, with a man who wasn't here on Monday. He says, frankly, trying to remember who wasn't here on Monday. And I think that was Hutch Hogan, Alfred Hutchcock, Michael Hutchins, Andy Warren. How are you? Fine. Yep. Good. Thank you. Uh, good to be back. When was the last time we did this, all four of us? Uh, it must be a few weeks ago now, because generally a long time. The, the nature of the games, thick and fast, most times as someone being rotated in and out isn't there so but you're, you're good my friend you enjoyed Sunderland oh yes we'll the game obviously in oh a minute. yes oh yes um and your partner in crime up there in Sunderland traveling separately this time um Dr Stuart Watson hello hello um we'll probably just put to bed any rumors of, of discord between you and the Hutchman you traveled separately because you stayed up there with your good lady wife that's what I told Andy yeah <laughs> now, um, apparently one of her favourite beaches is in that area is that is that right? Uh, yes, yeah there's a beach called Seam just uh, just across from Sunderland and that is my wife's happy place, she goes there to hunt for sea glass um, apparently 100 odd years ago that's where they used to dump all of, there was a big glass factory there and they dumped all the glass in the sea and uh, it's now 100 years later washing up as uh, lovely little smooth glass pebbles that people collect and uh, turn into jewellery and crafty bits and stuff. So uh, um, it's quite therapeutic, actually. Um, I joined her sort of on, uh, on the day of the game and the next morning we went there. So um, if you're ever up in that part of the world, give What's that it a called? See them. See them. See them. Did you score much glass this time? Loads. I'll give you a little look. Listen to this. Wow. That's that is a lot of glass. Yeah. I like it. Um, what's that? What's that word? ASMR is it? That was uh, that was what that was. Very therapeutic. And uh, digging myself out of this hole I've dug for myself. Roscoe, save me, hairy man. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good. That's it. How's your beard? Well, it's going to grow more and more because, uh, yeah, you know, barbers and stuff are closed. So. And we know you don't do it yourself. We've already no, established so that. So. Shouldn't have to. Yeah. How's your How's your beard? Yeah. <laughs> still got it still got it yeah. and how's the sniffles Ross because obviously last time we spoke you were recovering from a, a serious bout of the sniffles it's not too bad it's still there lingering about but uh, yeah it's eventually going to go excellent good chat boys I feel like we've we've learnt and we've, we've bonded over that chat right then let's kick off with the game now um, clearly town lost um, not necessarily unexpected but the way it happened was very much contentious and controversial so I want to start first of all with the two big decisions I think we have to start there I'm going to come around to each of you and just ask you a yes or no question on each of them so I'm going to start with Andy Hutch Warren Andy Andre Giselle red card yes or no am I going to get a chance to defend this yes but I just want a one word answer to begin with yes Stuart Watson and Andre Giselle red card yes or no mm-hmm. uh, I'll say no Hutchie, um, Roscoe, yes or no, Andre Giselle? Can I say on the fence? No, you can't say on the <laughs> fence. You say yes or no. Uh, after seeing it back... No, yes or uh, no? <laughs> uh, yes. Two yeses. I'm going to say yes as well. So that's 3-1 on the yeses front. Andy Warren, penalty, yes or no? A grudging yes. A very, ang- a very miserable yes. That is a yes. Stuart Watson, penalty, yes or no? 
Yes. Ross, penalty, yes or no? No. And I'm going to say no. So that's two each on the penalties. Red cards, right then. Let's start there. Then that was sequentially what happened first. Andre Dezel sent off straight red card, the first card of the game for a, a midfield tussle with Grant Ledbitter. Um, Hutchie, you said yes on the red card and you wanted to a chance to defend it because obviously a lot of people are saying no. Go for it. Yeah. Um I'm not sure. I'm not sure it matters that it was the first, the first card of the game. That this is, you know, everything. Everything happens in isolation with this one. There are loads of mitigating factors with this. There was no, there was no malice there. It wasn't a wild challenge from from Andre. This isn't John Nolan at Lincoln. It's very different. There was a bit of a push on him. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as calling that a shove. I think he had some hands on him that helped him go down. But from where the referee's standing. And then when you see, first on the initial replay and then another angle that I think Sunderland captured, his foot goes over the ball and, and does t- catch. He goes through Grant Ledbetter's uh, shin above above the ball. Again, it's not, it's not wild. It's not horribly, horribly dangerous. It's not, as it's turned out, injured Grant Ledbetter. But I think by, by the letter of the law... I think it's a red card. Sadly, there, yeah, there are mitigating factors, and and I I probably broke one of my golden rules on Tuesday by saying something emotive in the the golden hour after the game, which uh, <laughs> which wound a lot of people up. But when I first saw the replay back of of that of that situation, I, I thought it was a, a red card, albeit a harsh one. Sadly, and uh, ultimately that's gone on to cost it switching in some way, but they, they've appealed it, but I, I can't see any way that that's going to get overturned now. Mm-hmm. Stewie, I believe you said no to the red card directly at odds with your, your partner in crime. <laughs> your thinking, please. Um, I think, it, I think the fact that it was the first card of any color in the game <clears throat> is significant because I think the referee sets the tone by not, by not showing any bookings. Um, Edwards and Bishop in particular had come in for some rough treatment. So I think, as a referee, you have to take some responsibility for kind of setting the tone of, of what's allowed. So to go from no yellows to an instant red for that, I think has to be taken into account. Um, Andy's described it perfectly. I, th- I think that the, the push slash shove has to be taken into account. Um, yeah, I, I think they'll struggle to overturn it. As Andy says, that second bit of footage that Sunderland have showed like a pitch side um, camera that they've put some highlights out from perhaps shows it in a, a slightly different light. But um, f- for me, I think it was a, a yellow card tackle rather than a red. Mm-hmm. It was interesting, wasn't it? The reaction of the players as well, because there was normally when there's a horrendous yeah. tackle, you get players running up to the ref and waving yeah. imaginary cards. There was none of that though. That's That's the biggest thing for me that I think, when you watch these things back, they always look worse when you study it from different angles and slow-mo and all of that sort of stuff. But for me, I think a big referee should take a big sort of judgment call from the instant reaction of players. And um, nobody really was up in arms straight away with it. It just felt like a sort of a, a midfield clash between a couple of players in a crowded area. Um mm. Sunderland players weren't up in arms about it and there was genuine shock I think when I think a genuine shock that had even been given as a foul and then Mm. when the red card came out you you can't sort of fake that sort of shock of hands on heads and wide-eyed looks at the referee I think even the Sunderland players were were kind of bemused by it as well so for for that is is a big indicator for me. Mm. Roscoe you said yes just quickly explain your thinking. Just echoing really what Andy said really um at first i didn't think it was a red card but you know when yeah. you see different angles and you know the screenshots of the the tackle you go oh you know what that looks a bit doesn't look great um so yeah we just echoing what andy said really hmm. yeah I, I think i agree with you um i've watched it back quite a lot uh, yesterday we I put some polls up yesterday asking people what they thought about the two decisions and unsurprisingly both both came back very much in the negative no red card no penalty um, but I think of the two decisions, I can see the red card more than more than the penalty. He definitely went over the ball. Um, it's really hard as well watching on iFollow. Obviously, it's just mm. one set camera. There's no 
you, you boys don't get any replays at all in the stadium. But on on I follow, obviously, it's just one set position. There's no different angle. Um, so yeah, I can see why the red card was given. Um, clearly, Paul Lambert was very much anti that idea, um, and Town have now appealed. We'll see how far they get with that. As you say, I'm not sure if that's going to be successful or not. Now then, boys, the big, big decision in the game, of course, Town were locked 1-1 when Andre saw red. They were looking like they might be able to hang on for a battling point and what point that would have been until five minutes from the end, the ball hits Mark McGuinness's arm in the area. Ref points to the spot. Everyone says, what? Andy Warren, you said, well, I can't remember what you said now, penalty, did you say yes or no? I said yes, but I, it yes. makes me very unhappy to say yes because I think I, I probably agree with Paul Lambert on this one. It's like, what what are we doing to the game if that's a penalty? And I think by the by the letter of the law, it probably is. But common any kind of common sense whatsoever, um, it, it's not a good thing if if penalties are given for things like that. Mark McGuinness is unwittingly been hit on the arm by the ball. He had his back to it, essentially was in the process of turning when it hit him, but he has made his body bigger and made it an unnatural position. He's been hit on the arm, but it makes me, it makes me really sad that, that football matches can be decided on, on things like that. But, you know, the referee can only, can only interpret the law of the game, can't he? And um, that's what makes me sad about it and have to say a grudging yes. Stewie, anything to add to the yes camp before me and Roscoe hit back with the no? The only thing I can say is I've, looked, I've tried to dig out as many of the rules as I can, which are difficult to find. And it does talk about it being a handball if it's the arms made the body unnaturally bigger or if the hand slash arm is above or beyond the shoulder, which I guess in both both cases you have to say is, is the case with McGuinness. Although I, I do take umbrage with this unnaturally bigger thing when it comes to handballs because what do you expect people it's not natural for people to run around with their arms glued to their side you, you know mm. it's you McGuinness was trying to get his his leg up high to sort of hook the ball try and try and do that motion with without sort of moving your arms that's ridiculous <laughs> but the other bit somebody pointed out to me is there is an exemption list which I've been able to kind of find on one of the many articles associated with all the stuff that was going on in the Premier League a while back and it talks about an exemption if uh, the ball comes up onto the arm directly from the head or body of another player who is close. Now, you'd have to say that Toto Enciala was close when the ball came off of him, so I don't know whether the referees overlooked an exemption there, but um, that's about the only thing. But uh, is anyone truly clear on these rules? I don't think so. I mean, they've made them so ridiculous, haven't they, these, these handball rules and... We've had Roy Hodgson talking about his disillusionment with it and its nonsense and he's had a, a whole load of other managers and players kind of joining him. I think the Premier League are lobbying the, the rule makers to get to get it changed, but apparently that has to be sort of ratified in, in March and obviously wouldn't be able to come into play until a, a new season starts next year. But um, yeah, exactly what Andy said. Do we really want games being decided by by incidents like that? No. Can you imagine if we were having to talk about VAR on this podcast every week? Like it would do it would blow my mind having to discuss the fine margins that VAR is doing to football. And this I think maybe this is just a a little peek into the VAR world for Ipswich fans potentially mm-hmm. and and how the inconsistency in the rules and the micro analysis of the rules can impact games and and ruin games, and it, it makes me really sad because this isn't this isn't the game that I grew up like loving and watching, and it makes me feel sorry for my dad who was telling me that twenty years ago that tw- that version of football wasn't what he grew up watching in the seventies and and then the eighties. But um, but there we go. This is the world we live in. Roscoe, the boys there have said yes, and then both said why they should they think it shouldn't have been a penalty. So shall we add to the nos? You said mm. no. Why do you reckon it wasn't a penalty? Well, I'll take my blue tinted glasses off because, you know, mm. you can't always be biased about this. Um, you know, will we be talking about it so much if this was the the winning goal for Sunderland? Like, if this happened in the first half and then, you know, the rest of the game we went and won the game, would that have been a talking point? You know, we'll still be moaning about it. Oh, they got another penalty. But, you know, 
I think that's just a stupid rule in general, really, like handballs in a box. Like, you're not, no one's going to deliberately try to hand, you know, handball, you know, the ball. Um, definitely, if you, well, of course, if you're in the goal and you're trying to say, like, you know, Christoph Berra did against Norwich, you know, that is definitely a red card at a deliberate handball because he's trying to, you know, not let the ball go over. But, you know, Mark McGuinness, is just running. And then, yeah, Toto's headed it. And then, unfortunately, it's hit his hand. So, I don't know. It's just a stupid rule, really. Handballs in a box and... I don't know really know what else to add really. I just I think it's just stupid. It is stupid. It, it, it's bad for the game of football and that's why it's, it's not a penalty for me. I know by the letter of the law, get your rule books out, it, it yeah. might well be a penalty. But for me, if that's a penalty, we should all fucking pack up and go home. That's ridiculous. The Martin punishment is, doesn't fit the crime, does it? That's he, ultimately, he, yeah. Toto Enciallo, he's, he's an absolute unit, six foot three, wherever he is, built like a brick shit house. He's headed the ball at point blank range at Mark McGuinness, who has responded by putting his hand up to essentially defend himself, having just landed on his feet from jumping. His arms are in a normal position for someone who's jumped. And then he gets a ball headed out in point-blank range. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Uh, there needs to be some interpretation of the rules by the referee there to say, well, by the letter of the law, that could be a penalty. But no one, surely no one would have argued if that hadn't been given. Surely. If it was, um, <clears throat> if it was Alan Judge in a box, I would have missed him because he's not tall enough. So. <laughs> Exactly. It just that, that that kind of thing for me, like Hutchie said with his with his old man, that kind of thing for me just makes me really sad about the state of the game. That that is a deciding decision in a game that otherwise would have been a you know a battling point for an away town side. I take town the emotion of town out of it. That still, whoever it is, if I'd seen that in any game, I'm very very sad indeed if the referee points to the spot. Um, would, but unfortunately, would you, have felt, would you have felt differently about about that had it say it had um, come into the box? Yeah. A Sunderland striker had kind of got a chest or a knee on it from the same distance, from the same range, and then that had bounced up and hit Mark McGuinness. I think I maybe would have felt even more sympathy for Ipswich if that had happened. Does it less? Mm. Does it make it more of a penalty that it was an Ipswich player heading it onto an Ipswich player's hand? I, I don't know. Uh, I think it makes it less, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. it makes it less because if it, at least if it's a Sunderland player who's initiated the, the, the initial contact with the ball. And it's then hit a town player's hand, and you can say, well, you know, you've kind of obstructed the ball. Um, whereas all Toto was doing was trying to clear the ball. Um, yeah, it's the fact that the, the, the ball is travelling away from the goal. Yeah. And then the punishment is that somebody gets a chance to score from 12 yards out for, for that. It's just, I don't really know how the next question is. So if that's not a penalty, which we're all saying, how do you restart play? Because I, I don't know, is it, is, it a, is it an indirect free kick? One of those where, you know, you just let it go on, don't you? Off. Don't you just go, just let it go on? Just give, just play on. I mean, for me, there's no need to play whistle at all. Possibly, yeah, that could be another solution. That's my thoughts anyway. And I watched it far too many times yesterday, um, trying to freeze frame each individual movement. Uh, and it was just making me more and more angry. And not so much because of what happened and, and town losing the game, but more for the, the general kind of state of football. I had quite a lot of sympathy with, with Lambert after the game when he's talking about what we're doing to the game. Because when, you, when you're giving penalties like that, that aren't what they should be in the spirit of the game, for me, that's you're going down a very, very slippery slope. Um, anyway, boys, so that's that's what we think about the big decisions. You'll have your own views, I'm sure, listening to this. Um, we saw the game day guys being very restrained, Ross, and I don't know if you had to give them a, a right lecture beforehand, but they were all very, very measured and controlled and no swearing at all in their in their response immediately after the game in that golden hour of emotion. So thanks to everyone who got involved and also thanks for uh, for restraining yourselves and being being measured in your response. So anyway, town lost 2-1 boys. We've said what we think there about the big decisions. What about the game itself? Because um, obviously there was a, a delay to begin with, which must have been strange. Um, Hachi, what did you make of the, of the game as a whole? And, and, and the way it was going, town were going to hold on for a battling 1-1 draw, which would have been a tremendous result. What did you make of it? I think a draw would have been fair, ultimately. But if if any side was going to win it, it was it was going to be Ipswich. They they played OK. The first half, they they were second best until Jack Lancaster's equaliser. Second half, they were they were forcing the issue that bit more than Sunderland. But again, without without peppering the goal with chances or anything like that, it was, it was midfield runs and... And getting away from men and, and stretching Sunderland—that was what was what was getting some joy for Ipswich. But 
that that game should have really it should really have been a draw. That that should be how how we we've come away from this. And I don't know how would be how would be talking about that performance um, if we weren't also talking about these these big decisions afterwards. I, would we? I don't know whether we'd be talking about oh they haven't managed to beat one of the bigger big teams in the league or whether we'd we would have come away thinking that actually yeah that was that was a good point or not. Um, but. I, th- I think these big decisions have, have almost made that conversation like pointless. That mm. it, it's kind of move on from from this game now. It's that was going to be the big talking point coming out of it, but it's it's not anymore. It's referees. Mm. Well, you say move on from the game, Hutchie. Obviously, we have to fill a podcast <laughs> by talking about the game, so maybe less of that chat. Um, Watson, what did you make of the game as a whole? I thought it was it was a good performance, a good away performance from Ipswich. Um, the first up until the equaliser, I don't think it was particularly good from from either side, to be honest. Sunderland, I know there's been talk about the Sunderland goal potentially being offside. I, I haven't seen any footage that can conclusively show that because um, Wyke's out of shot when the when the pass is made. Um, mm. so I'm not not sure about that, but that that was a kind of a goal out of the blue, and then beyond that, the first sort of, well, what is it, 38 minutes when Lancaster equalised was a bit of a non-event, to be quite honest. Um, Ipswich were kind of slipped back into some of the habits of the previous games where I thought they were a bit safe, a bit passive, um, lacked a bit of tempo. Um, this Ipswich side is at its most dangerous when they move the ball quickly mm. and they'd slip back into that sort of knocking it about the back four and all the possession was in their own third. Um and then the first time that somebody kind of shifted up a gear was when Guion Edwards took someone on, beat his man, picks out Lancaster, lovely, great finish, 1-1. And all of a sudden that sparked Ipswich into life. And from from that goal all the way through to the Dizel red card and, and arguably beyond as well, actually, because I thought they continued to have a go even with, with 10 men, Ipswich were the better side. And uh, they played some lovely stuff. Um Bishop in particular was a joy to watch in midfield, the way the ball's glued to his feet. Some of his dribbling, I thought Lancaster looked good in, in that central role. Um, Jackson, okay, his, his touch was was pretty poor. Um, obviously back after a, a two-week layoff with, with the COVID stuff, but at least his pace and his ability to kind of run into channels created space for others. Um, they pressed high. Um so I take I take a great deal of encouragement from the sort of the general performance of Ipswich, and if they play like that more often than not, they'll they'll win games. Mm. Roscoe, it, it should and could and should perhaps have been two one um, when the red card happened. Jack Lancaster obviously had that great chance in the second half. Um, what what did you make of, of of Town's performance overall? Yeah, I thought we played okay. Um, as you you know. Stu said it was a sort of non-event when we equalised, really. And then, yeah, Lancaster's chance could have won us the game. And then, yeah, when Nazelle got recorded, I didn't really... I don't even think Sunderland had a chance to really take the lead themselves, really. I thought that was just going to be 1-1, all done. And then, you know, the penalty already spoken about, sort of, yeah, yeah. gave him the three points. But uh, I think it was just good to see Lancaster on the score sheet, playing, um, starting again, uh, this time on the right. Um, Jackson making his first start. Of the season, am I right? Is that his first start of the season? He yeah. Play, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's played He's played this season, but that's his first start. So it was good to, to see him. And yeah, you know, Toto back in the team because Wolfie, you know, is you know, having to isolate, which is, you know, going to be a regular occurrence going forward. Um, and, you know, I, I feel sorry for Toto in a way because I saw a few tweets before the game saying, OK, what minute is Toto going to concede a penalty? And... Unfortunately, he was involved in the penalty. I know he didn't handball it, but he was involved in it. So people will go, oh, God, here we go again. You can't mark him down for that. And no. Andy Warren, let me ask you a question. What on earth has James Wilson done wrong? I can't answer that question. Um, I, was re- I'm, I was really surprised that that was, that was the way that they went. Um, I've, got, I've, got, I've got not an awful lot more to say about that to be completely honest has he offended Lambo's family I mean he, he must have done something bad because he, he got dropped uh, completely yeah and then I you would, think he'd come back in on Tuesday yeah it doesn't quite doesn't quite add up I wouldn't say mm. um if if that was me it would have been Wilson and McGuinness but um, yeah but no it was Toto 
And and you know what? He, you know what? He actually played quite well, apart, apart from heading the ball into his teammate's arm, which maybe maybe he maybe he could have headed it in a different direction. Um, but <laughs> but I think to like you say to to kind of mark him down on that is maybe a bit harsh. He he played well, so in that sense, of, you know, after the event, no problem. Mm, mm. Um, Stewie, I want to I want to bring you up on something you wrote in your your Stu says. Um, first of all, I very much enjoyed the term mesmerising to describe Teddy Bishop's feet because they they truly are at times. But after the game, you wrote in Stu says that sometimes you think maybe Town are hurting themselves by perhaps not playing the referee, if that's the right term. There was obviously quite a lot of um, rolling around and throwing hands up in the air from Sunderland players, but but Town players don't really do that. Um, which is an interesting take because obviously that's another thing that I hate about football. One day football is all the, the play acting and simulation and goading of the referee that goes on. But it's an interesting take that you think maybe Town should be doing more of that. I hate to say it. I did say in there with the caveat that it, it really pains me to say that. But sometimes mm. it's a case of if you can't beat them, join them. And I think I don't know whether that played its part in the red card, but Sunderland players were, were at it all game. There was an incident very early on where Chambers blocked, I think it was Hume's run up the left in the, in the opening minutes, and he went down dramatically holding his face, laid dead still as if he was uh, if he was out cold, and, and then, you know, holding his face. And, you know, of course, seconds later, he's up and absolutely fine. There was another one in the second half where one of their players went down in a similar fashion, under Ollie Hawkins. Um, so, Bishop, as I said earlier, Bishop and Edwards in particular, Lancaster as well, came in for some pretty rough treatment. Um, they were getting kicked and tripped. And you could hear the players, even from our high perch in the stand, saying, how many times to the referee? And I think, um, you know, that's where a bit of frustration frustration came from, really. But, um, mm. Yeah, no, no. That, the midfield three of of Dizelle, Bishop and Lancaster, three young homegrown lads, all playing together. I saw Phil Parkinson um, sort of singled them them out for some praise afterwards. That that was a that was a real joy to watch those those three combining the way they did through through the middle of the park. It was good. Mm. Take some thoughts from the KOA Army before we move on. Kevin says, by the rules of the game, it's a penalty. It's hard. It's a harsh red card, but I can see where the ref is coming from. It was a much, much better performance. I did feel hard done by, but keep playing like that and the wins will come. Sam Chapman says, red card, I can see why it was given. Penalty, by the law it is, but the law is an ass. We're getting on top of that game and I felt like we were most likely to win until the red card. We also, this is perfect timing, don't play the referee. We're far too nice and don't make them make a decision. So someone agreeing with you, Stu, there reluctantly. Nigel G, friend of the show. Really pleased with performance after the first 30 minutes. Much more encouraging. Lancaster and Bishop look good. I'm still fuming that the referee in the game went from giving no cards to all-out craziness. Like Steve Evans, he won't be on the Lambert boys Christmas card list. Surely not. Um, Paul M, we got unlucky with, that, with having a referee they find loitering outside the stadium. I see it as another loss against the team who will be up there. We have to finally beat one of these sides. And George goes on and says, common sense needs to be used by refs. The ball was being cleared. Why would McGuinness want to prevent the ball from being cleared? I'd understand if he moved his hand to block or control or stop it falling to a, a Sunderland player. If it hadn't hit his arm, it would have landed outside of the box. Now then, boys, let's move on to, to post-game thoughts then. Standard of referees, Andy Warren, in League One, um, is something we've talked about before, but there's been a couple of issues now. Obviously, there was this game, there's the Lincoln game, which we'll come on to in due course, because there's been fallout from that. But what, what do you make of the general standard of, of refereeing in League One? Is it fair to say it's much lower than, than uh, the Championship and, and, and above? Uh, yeah, um, but it's very simple. If if you drop to the third tier of English football, you get the third tier of of officials, mm. just just like the players are the, the third tier of, of football players. It's um, a sad reality, really, of where of where Ipswich are. Um, the Lincoln game didn't have an awful lot of an issue with the referee in that. I don't think he decided the game particularly. I, I agree with the penalty decision there. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's a sad reality of where Ipswich are at. You've, you know, you're, you're in the third division. You're going to get the third, the third rung of, of officials. And, and they're obviously not going to be as, as good at their jobs as the second and, and top, top level. Yeah. More motivation to get out of this league. Yep. Stewie, why? Ipswich Town again, we're talking about obviously they lost 2 1 um, 
and it was cruel and contentious. But again, they've failed to get a result against one of the top sides in the division. They've already lost, obviously, to Blackpool, um, Blackpool, Doncaster and uh, Lincoln. So why can't Town get results against these these top sides? The squad is surely strong enough. So so what what's what is the problem? Mental block, possibly. Then we talked about the psychology factor there before. Uh, Rips, which going to Sunderland with with that in their mind. The longer it goes on, I don't know. Um, strip away all the talk about the big decisions. If Lancaster scores in the second half, which having seen the pitch side footage that Sunderland have put out, I gave him the benefit of the doubt on the night. I thought the ball didn't quite sit for him after he chested it, but that looks an even better chance. And Lambert said straight away afterwards he should have scored. Mm. Um, and those are the sort of moments, you know, you talk about referees defining games with big moments. Well, you, your own players can define moments. And if, if Lancaster makes that 2-1, um, they might may well have changed the whole narrative of, of the game. So um, I think they just need to get one one of those games, beat, beat one of those teams up there to, to kind of get the monkey off the back. I agree with you. I think it is. It has to be mental. There can't be any other reason for it because they are a good enough team to be beating the sides around them. And I think, it, as you say, if they can just get one result against a, a, a fellow promotion rival, I get the feeling it could be lift off. Um, Roscoe, is there anything you can think of? Any other reasons that that, that town can't compete with the uh, the top sides, or at least can't beat them? Um, I don't know. Really, it's just you know. Would you say they they've got better players than us? I don't. I don't think so. Um, no. I, I don't know. It's just one of those yeah mental block things. Maybe it's just they've got the pressure because we're the big team and we're going to another big club. I don't really know, really. I think it's just... We eventually will hopefully beat one of these teams. <laughs> it has to happen one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Patrick Palmer on that note says, we can't beat top sides because we aren't good enough and we have weak psychology. Lambert and staff need to go if we are to see the changes needed to improve. Um, interesting, interesting. Um, boys, what about post-game? Uh, <laughs> the the post-game press conference was meant to be conducted over Zoom, which which didn't really happen. Um, so did you actually get a chance to speak to Lambert directly in the end, um, Stewie? No. Um, most of the, well, all of the grounds we've been to so far, we have been doing the, the managers' press conferences, kind of socially distanced at, at pitch side after the game. But um, Sunderland insist on doing it via Zoom, which uh, Andy and I knew would go one of two ways. It would either be... <laughs> brilliant for us because we don't have to leave our seat after the final whistle and we can crack on with a bit of work and uh, Mr Lambert would be piped into our ears directly and that would really help with deadline or it would be an absolute technological shambales and uh, yeah. the latter was uh, the latter was the case he uh, he kept cracking up he was very robotic so after the game we could hear so Paul what what did you make of the referee it, uh, Disgrace, not a penalty. It was a bit like that. So um, that's that's why um, the manager quotes were a little later in uh, reaching both you in the office and uh, our online readers. We got there in the end. Um, and Hutch, it was interesting. Obviously, uh, Phil Parkinson after the game, surprise, surprise, came out and said both both decisions were were spot on. I don't suppose he's going to say anything different, though, is he? Uh, no. Um... Probably not, especially when there's at least a debate to debate for them being correct. Like an a manager's just going to clutch onto that straight away, aren't they? If there's if there's any kind of credibility in suggesting that the decisions were correct, then uh, I would back a football manager to find that credibility and um, and run with it. Any, any other notes from the games, uh, the game boys, before we move on to something a little bit lighter after this angry chat? I saw Thomas Holy wandering around outside the Stadium of Light in full kit before the warm-up when I arrived, and what? I thought, in I, I, full I, kit? And I, well, his his training kit, but yeah, yeah I, I thought and studs. I thought that was odd. That does sound odd. And, 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 and any, uh, any no, idea as to what that was? Uh, well, it later turned out that that kickoff had been delayed. I don't know if oh, he was maybe st- stretching legs or getting something from the bus or something, but he was. Um, yeah, wandering around with goalie gloves on and football boots in full training kit in the dark outside uh, the Stadium of Light. And also the guys on 
on the gate of the car park um, who I had a unnecessarily long chat with. Um, <laughs> they they were keen to talk, but they were also keen to tell me that the Ipswich players had had walked three laps of the outside of the stadium of light after um, after arriving, and they thought that was strange as well. So I don't know what's going on outside that stadium, but I think the Ipswich players are in, enjoying it. Mm, interesting. Stewie, any, any other notes before we move on? That's been a bit of praise for Toto, but I think the the back four in general, I thought Luke Chambers was just understatedly class at right back. I think, think everything he's doing at the moment is just really assured and solid and reliable. So I have to give a shout out to him again. And I thought McGuinness, um, there's a couple of, there's some raw edges there with him still, which is understandable. He's three games into his senior career, but I can see a real player in him there. Um, okay, he might have got caught out a little for the first goal. The handball's gone against him, but in amongst all of that, I thought he was um, colossal. I think he, he's brave. He heads it. He blocks it. He's got a bit of class on the ball as well. I think I can see a big future for him from the from the little we've seen so far. I like him. Just another bit on Chambers, actually. Stu, you mentioned that early tackle on, on Denver Hume, didn't you, where he... Uh, Left a little bit on him, and Hume was in a in a heap for quite some time. Our photographer Warren Page was very very close to that, and uh, apparently uh, Hume was very keen to stress to the stress to the ref that there had been a significant elbow there. Chambers then went on to su- suggest that um, had I elbowed you, young man, you'd have been in the middle tier of the <laughs> of, of the stadium, and then for the rest of the game, just called Denver Hume concussion. For the, for, for the entire rest of the game, and he and he spent the whole evening apparently just telling like Guion Edwards like yeah Mark concussion concussion watch concussion for the, for the rest of the ninety minutes. Um, That's brilliant. Luke, the the sound the sounds of Luke Chambers is uh, probably the highlight of behind closed doors football for me. Um, the NFL do a lot of things where they, yeah. they mic, mic up players. Um, and like you can hear what they're saying during the game, and this is a little glimpse into what Luke Chambers is like. He he's hilarious, and he occasionally comes out with these little high pitched squeaks, doesn't he, Stu? Which we can hear. They fill the stadium with his shrieks. They're uh, squeaky, very yeah. squeaky. He gets all excitable when things happen, and um, yeah, it, the whole press box is in stitches sometimes when he when he sort of lets out one of these squeaky yelps. <laughs> is that when good things are happening? He, he squeaks. Um, just anything, anything dramatic. You can just hear him. He just, he's just living every, every <laughs> kick of the game. I love that concussion is the highlight of this pod. That kind of insight that only we can bring you. Concussion was his name. Concussion Hume. Yeah, going forward, con- that, that, that's Hume. his name. I love that from Chambers. I do still want to know a bit more about Luke Chambers' new motorbike that he's got. His electric motorbike because that looks like a lot of fun. Um, Roscoe, anything else to mention before we move on? That that's all of it. Excellent. And what a fine beard you have too. Right, let's move on to Mark's big question. Mark's big question. Question, question, question. Now then, boys, normally I'd ask you to pick a number, but I thought we'd have a theme this week, given what we've started off discussing, the two big decisions, the rules of the game. So my question this week to you, boys, is what is the worst rule? Now, that can be either in sport or in life, um, or or both, if you wish. So who wants to kick us off with with the worst rule? I'm going to give you one to begin with. The worst rule in sport, as far as I'm concerned, is the throw-in rule in football. Um, I don't know why you have to do it in the way prescribed behind your head. I think it would bring more flair and make it more interesting if players could fuzz it overhand like the goalkeepers do. Maybe occasionally do a little behind-the-back sneaky little pass. Um, get showtime, maybe bounce it off someone's head, that kind of thing. Um, I'd very much like to see that. It's very, very lame indeed that you can have a, a, a an incorrect throw-in. I think that's ridiculous. Anyway, that's my sport rule that I'd like to change. And also the downward elbow rule in MMA, but I won't get too deeply into that. Um, boys, what about you? Hachi? Um, a football-related one, but nothing to do with sport. It really irritates me when you're not when you buy a drink at a foot anywhere, really. Yeah. And, you, and they confiscate your bottle top. 
Give me back my bottle top. What's I, the thinking on that? Why? Why? Why do they? Well, why? I, I, I assume I assume you can't have it because they think you're just gonna throw it at someone or like take try and take someone's eye out with it. But <laughs> just let me have my bottle top, please. If I've if I've bought a bottle of Diet Coke, I'm not. I don't want to stand there, kind of with it on guard at all times i want to yeah. put the i want to put the lid on i might want to put it in my bag i might want to stop it going flat give me my bottle top it doesn't make the bottle any less of a weapon just because it hasn't got a top exactly it's, there's, there's no logic to it like yeah just use the bottle you use the bottle as the weapon or perhaps a coin just like, <laughs> you know what pocket. if just if someone's gonna th- throw something you're probably better off with it being a bottle top than anything else that they've got in their pocket give me my bottle top yeah i like that what about what about you Stewie? i think it's not because they think you're going to throw the bottle top it just makes the bottle more of a sort of a missile if it's if it's closed isn't it does it though well probably Surely, not if i you've mean got, to be honest uh, if you're that way inclined that you want to throw something you'll find something else to throw exactly yeah exactly Give me my bottle top. <laughs> what about your worst rules, Stewie? The rule of six is pretty shit, isn't it? At the moment, <laughs> we're not getting great rule. Like the in terms of the year of rules, yeah, we've got we've got all this VAR handball nonsense in football. Then we're getting rules of six and stuff chucked at us from the government. Um, in sport. One that really irritates me is that you. Why is it not obstruction when somebody's like running down the clock and they can run to the corner and then just puck, turn, turn and sort of just stick their ass out in the way of someone trying to get the ball off them with no attempt to play the ball at all? Why? Why is that not obstruction? Good, very good point. Yeah, absolutely. And but of course, there's frequently foul scenarios there, isn't it? Because they are obstructing a player trying to get to the ball, yeah. and they they win a foul against yeah. them. As, it as always the results in the, the the player that's trying to contest the ball <laughs> just kind of having a few frustrated sort of hacks around the side and nibbles between the legs, and then eventually a foul's given. Yeah, and that frustrates me. Roscoe, what what rules do you hate? And I, I know you're a man who probably hates all rules. Ah. <laughs> uh... I've been thinking about this very deeply, but I don't really, I don't think I could top Hutchie's rule. That was a, that was a good one. That was a good one, really. Um, You've been thinking about it very deeply. I like that. Yeah, for, for the last to... two and a half minutes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I, was, I was wondering what you guys are going to say. Um, Here's a rule I hate, right? Food related, and it's not really a hard and fast rule, but it's it's kind of rule of thumb. Who? What, who dictates why, um, what you can eat and when? Like mm. the standard kind of rule that you can't possibly have. If you wanted to have a roast roast beef for breakfast, that that, that would be ridiculous. Um, why? If I want to eat that for breakfast, I'll eat it for breakfast. Yeah. I want to have a steak for breakfast, I'll eat it for breakfast. You want to go to have... Japan, mate? They, yeah. they they have no distinction between any of their meal times whatsoever over there. That sounds amazing. Get yourself over there. I curry, curry for breakfast, noodles for breakfast, all sorts exactly. over there. Exactly, that's what I'm all in. If I if I wake up fancying a, a stir fry for breakfast, I should be allowed to have one without being made to feel like a pariah. Um, so that would certainly be one of mine. What have you have you thought of one, Ross? In the meantime, uh, I no. think it's not it's not really a rule anymore. Like jaywalking, it's like you know, it is what, what? it is. You know, jaywalking. See, what's jaywalking? <laughs> what's jaywalking? As American rule, like, I don't know. You know, it happened in um, an Only Fours and Horses episode. Granddad <laughs> done in Spain for jaywalking. You know, what, just, what is jaywalking? Walking in the road, basically. Yeah, but like when, when you're not supposed to really walk, but you like you go. Oh, so, God, what's God, your God. problem with this? Yeah, you, you... I do it a lot. I like I always feel like oh, if I look out at the police, like oh God, I'm gonna get done for jaywalking. But it's not a thing. What you walk? You walk in the road, like generally. I thought. Well, I when you cross the road, when it's not really like a crossing bit, but you're like thinking, I want to get across the road quickly, and I, oh, there's no cars about. You know, Is that illegal? In America, in America, I'm not. I'm not sure it affects you as a UK citizen. <laughs> no, no, but I think you know. It affected granddad in Only Fools and Horses, though, and that's that's in where Spain, uh, Ross yeah. distaste for it. Uh, sorry, Spain. Yeah. Um, the other thing I hate, uh, which I know Hutchie will, will be with me on, um, and again, it's probably not a rule everywhere, but the the general rule of thumb dictates you can't wear shorts to work. Um, I, I really, I really, I don't like that rule. I don't see why you have to wear trousers when it's hot. Um, I, th- I think there's, I think the rules of the unwritten rules are beginning to slip away on you. Men must wear shirt, certainly in our industry anyway, must yeah. wear shirt and tie. I think that's over. I think the days of that are, are gone. 
thankfully. Mm. I, I, will also... ne- I will never ever wear a shirt and tie to out to my to this work ever again. That's that's something that I'd invoked before last Christmas, and I will never do it again. So. And now, of course, we can wear whatever we want to wear. Exactly. Or, or, Shadowy or... Arch and Figures do one. I'm not exactly. wearing shirt and tie. Exactly. I mean, uh, Roscoe, as we know, is a, is a fond of being in the all together. He could be. He could be sitting there now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> setting yeah. his own rules. Setting his own rules in his own office. Right then, boys. I enjoyed that. That was excellent. A good chat. Let's get back into the football. Um, and in terms of news roundup stuff from this week, which we've mentioned, of course, um, there's quite a lot of stuff happening yesterday. Uh, one of the things that happened was that Town were fined two and a half grand for, I very much like this because it sounded much more grand than it actually was, a mass confrontation at Lincoln. Um, and also Lambert's been charged with improper conduct by the FA for his, his post-match comments suggesting that the referee lost them the game or they were playing the referee, essentially. Um, what any, any kind of thoughts on that, Hutchie, in terms of the fine and, and Lambert's charge? Um, the, the mass confrontation was a little bit... Uh... Was a little bit, yeah, it was a bit pathetic, really. Uh, if you're going to get fined, do that properly, would be my exactly. If you're going to get fined, at least punch suggestion. Um, yeah, that was pretty pathetic. Yeah. Uh, Lambert's comments, it, it went beyond that, didn't he? He was like getting personal about the referee, and uh, I hope he's driving away in his nice car mm. and uh, things like that. Um, I'm not surprised, um, I'm not surprised that that's uh. That's going to end up with him. He's going to have to. Do, it sounds like he's going to be defending himself in person in front of an FA board, doesn't it? So, uh, well, that'll be on Zoom though, won't it? So, just like Stewie said yeah. earlier, it'll just be every every third. Uh, 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 unbelievable. Yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah. guilty. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stewie, any any thoughts on the on the Lincoln? I didn't. Also, I didn't understand why Lincoln got fined less um, because they contested the penalty, so they got they only got fined two grand as opposed to Towns two and a half. That seems again a bit silly to me. They might get another fine then, looking at the pictures. If What are we defining as a mass confrontation? Because there were several Ipswich players around the referee after the Dazelle red card. Mm. Um, I would love to be a fly on the wall when, when Paul Lambert picks up the phone to Mike Jones, the head of the referees again, um, today or yesterday or whenever. Hi, Mike. It's Paul again. And mm. Mike's, Mike's like probably pulling a face to whoever's in the room with him. Yeah. Doing Doing the yeah, mad yeah, finger, yeah, like circle. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul's just sort of like wittering away. Unbelievable, incredible. I can't believe it, Mike. And Mike's just going, "Okay, Paul. Yeah, yeah. I understand your frustrations. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have a look at it, Paul. Um, yeah. I, I think he's he's probably getting a bit bored of seeing seeing that number flash up on his phone. Indeed. Um, let's take a few more few more thoughts from the Kerry Army before we move on. Um, Christian Davis says, although the performance was encouraging at Sunderland, we just aren't creating enough chances in games to be a real threat. Do we actually work on our set pieces and training? We're so wasteful with these opportunities. Sheepy, who I understand has signed up to Twitter purely so he can get involved in the Kerry Army, which I highly encourage. Is Red it David Cheapshanks? I think it might be. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously just been in your film, Hutchie. So uh, maybe he's on Twitter as well now. Red card was harsh. Dazelle gave the ref a decision to be made. Pen was ridiculous. Never a pen. Not sure we need to change much. It was a good performance. We're just unlucky against Sunderland. And a couple of the the guys are asking, boys, which would be interesting to see, get your take on it. Um, Why we haven't seen Bennett's again. Um, James Houston and and Nigel G both say, why is Bennett's not getting more time to have an impact? You want to take that? I don't really ever understand someone coming on in the 89th minute, to be quite honest, If it, unless it's a, sort of a time-wasting exercise to run down the clock. Um, he's come on quite a few times now in 80-plus. Um, he will get his chance in these next couple of games, no doubt, with the, with the cup games. I'm sure there will be a start um, probably Saturday, cert- certainly on the, uh, the, the EFL Trophy game, if not. Just quickly on the Dazelle one, when, when we're talking mm. about giving, you know... Um, giving the referee a decision to make. We have been banging on about the Ipswich Town midfield lacking bite and um, needing to be a bit more tenacious. And I guess, um, you know, we can't have it both ways, asking for them to get closer and make tackles and then and then being sort of too critical if, uh, if one of them doesn't come off. I, I wouldn't go as far as saying it was reckless. So, um, yeah, well, I guess we can't have it both ways on that front. Um. Obviously, we're going to talk about Pompey shortly, um, FA Cup action this weekend. But, Roscoe, you were at uh, Portman Road on Tuesday before the Sunderland Debar plays. Um, 
for the FA Youth Cup first round. Yes. The Baby Blues, as I've, as I've um, termed mm. them. Um, they like that, I'm sure. Uh, they beat Southend 4-1. Easy, easy, light work, as we say in the fight industry. Um, what 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 stood out from that for you? Uh, Alfie Cutbush. I can't even say that. Cutbush? Cutbush? Yeah, Cutbush. Yeah, Cutbush. Yeah. Cutbush. That's my accent. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he scored twice. Um, Liam Gibbs got one. And um, who was the other one? Remind me. Uh, Harley, uh, Harley Curtis. Yeah, Harley, yeah. Harley, Harley. Harley Curtis. What um, yeah. What did you make of the performance? It was obviously a, a, a fairly solid win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the first half an hour of the game was sort of done and dusted, really. We were 3-0 mm. up and we were cruising. Um, unfortunately, then, you know, self-end scored just before half-time to like go, oh, OK, this could be a game again. But, uh, yeah, Southend didn't really put much pressure on us in the second half and then we scored the fourth goal. But, uh so, yeah, impressive performances. You know, a few players who have made appearances for the first team. You know, Alcan Bagat, who is bigger than the club, as we all know, with all these followers on Instagram. He's got uh, how many now? 126,000. 126,000. Wow. It's just, yeah, the whole of Indian Asia is just following him, basically. Where, where sorry? Is following oh, my him? goodness <laughs> me. Indonesia. What? Is that wrong? In, in, the whole of India and Asia is following him. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Indonesia. Oh, I can't really, I can't really have a go at you though, being as I've just failed <laughs> to uh, pronounce Cutbush. So there you go. So he's got. Just carry on talking. I'm going to find out how many um, followers Town have actually got on on Instagram compared to Elton Baggett. Yeah, and then you know, of course, Liam Gibbs who scored the goal. You know, he once again he he's he looks a class act. Um, there's a few youngsters I've never seen before either. There's um the guy who was captain in the team, Elby Erman. Yeah. Um, he was um he's a fullback. And a player that I've never seen before. There's someone called Jesse. I can't pronounce his last name, so I won't try and attempt it. Um, <laughs> he was very good on the wing. And you know, it was remember the name, town fans. <laughs> yeah, someone. What was his name? Jesse, someone or other. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't pronounce his name. Oh yeah, yeah Ross told us about him. Yeah. <laughs> How about Tawanda, who's obviously just signed a pro deal? How did he yeah. look? Yeah, he looked alright. Yeah, once again, just <clears> oh no, they they are young, but some of them just look so young. Like Ben Wise, he's a he's a full back. He's a he's a left back. He's so. He needs to grow that boy. He's very, very small at the moment still. I know he's only like 17, but uh, he needs to a little bit grow. But he's very, he's very good though on the ball. Very good going forward. You know, what's his name? Ben Wise. Um, ben Wise. But yeah, I like, some, I, like, yeah. I like to think of the town coaches giving him some feedback there. You know, obviously you need to improve your range of passing. Could, in, could do with working in the gym. Ne- need to grow. <laughs> yeah. Well, some players, <laughs> they get released, don't they? Because you're too small. But yeah, most of the time it's not you're too small. It's you're not good enough, basically. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and they play Chelmsford, don't they, next round now? But obviously, we don't really know when the when the next round is going to be. Um, yeah, Elton Baggett has got 126,000 followers. Uh, Ipswich Town have got 81,000 on Instagram. So Elkan is is bigger than the club and half again, pretty much. He also uh, sounds like he should be in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when I hear the name Elkin Baggett, it just sounds like he should be knocking about with Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> Boys, um, we should obviously finish by talking about Portsmouth this weekend. Town don't play a league game now for a couple of weeks. They've got a free Saturday week after next. But first of all, they have to play Portsmouth in the FA Cup first round and then Crawley in the, in Hutchie's favourite trophy, the Elf Trophy. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's the Papa what? John's trophy. Oh, is that is it started now? Is it straight away? Yeah, starting from now. So if we're oh, gonna get the, if we're gonna get this free pizza, we need to use the correct name. Papa John's trophy. We love Papa, Papa John's. John's. I, to be fair, I now love the Papa John's trophy. I'd I'd love it if you rocked up to Crawley on Tuesday and were presented immediately with a pizza. That'd be tremendous. But um let's start first of all with Portsmouth. Um FA Cup round one, very, very uninspiring tie. Um do we do we even care, boys? Is this a game that it would be actually be quite nice for town to lose. I know that's heresy, um, but surely the FA Cup is not something that, that town are really bothered about this season. Am I wrong, Stewie? I don't think anyone's going to care too much about the FA Cup this season because what's what's the best that can happen? You're going to get a few more fixtures in an already congested fixture list. Um and if you do get through, oh, we might get a big club. We might get a big Premier League club away, which no fans can go to. Go, yeah. um, so really some prize money is about the all that's on offer. Um, I don't know how, how much do you get for the first round, Andy? I think you said 30, that. I think it's 30, either 32 or 36 grand for the winner, which 
in the grand scheme of things, isn't an awful lot to Ipswich Town, but with no income from other areas, I guess it's a little bit, it'll be a bit, bit more welcome. But it's not, it's not going to change the club, is it? It's not uh, groundbreaking. Might, might cover a few fines for um, <laughs> players losing control on the pitch, but um, no. For years, we've banged on about we can't understand why Ipswich have been throwing the cups away because if you're kind of um, meandering along in the league, then at least give fans a bit of cup joy now and again. Um, but this year, of all years, I don't think anyone will be too bothered about knockout football. Hmm. Should we even bother covering it on Saturday? Uh, shall we send the reserves? What, uh, Mike and, uh, and Mike, Carl? Mike and Carl. The big porker and... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to call Carl. Can we, <laughs> call, him, can we call him Curly Whirly? <laughs> yes, let's call him Curly Whirly. If you've seen a picture of Carl Marston, you'll understand uh, why he would be called Curly Whirly. Um, are you, uh, you are famously a defender of, of pointless competitions, but can you defend the FA Cup this weekend? <laughs> On an individual game basis, I can, because I, I enjoy I enjoy seeing some different players play. I'm looking forward to seeing David Cornell play again, who I assume will probably get two games in the, in the next few days. Uh, people like Janoi Danassian, um, maybe even Corey and Darba. Um, might come back in and get an, uh, another game, especially with Wolfenden isolating. Brett McGavin, I'm sure, will play um, in, in at least one of these. Dobra is an interesting one. I believe there's some Albania um, youth under 21 games next week. Um, so he may not be around for the Crawley game in the in the Papa John's. But um, <laughs> but um I imagine I imagine they'll delay his call up to be, for him to be able to play in the Portsmouth game and then Bennett's as well. So on an individual game basis, I, I enjoy these games, getting to see some different players in different situations. But I, you know, I can't I can't disagree with Stu at all. Really, it's not um, there won't be any tears shed by either Ipswich or Portsmouth. I would imagine uh, whoever whoever goes out on Saturday. We're going to see teams kind of racing to put out the least impressive side, aren't we? In a kind of a way, just to, to get out of the competition. Roscoe, are you uh, interested at all in, in the Portsmouth FA Cup game? Uh, you know, it's another game. Yeah, it's another game. That's, that is actually <laughs> correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do love the FA Cup. Um, it's just, yeah, very disappointing that we have to play the same league opposition. Um, That's the thing, was, isn't it? If it, yeah. was, if it was a non-league side... Or, you know, someone with a little bit of, of kind of uh, story behind. Um, like Colchester have got Marine FC this weekend. Yeah. Someone like that, then it would be it would be interesting. That's more of a magic of the cup. But just playing a side you've already got to play twice anyway in a season. It's not at all not at all sexy, is it? Um, really? Boys, by way of finishing this pod, which has been light and dark and anger and entertainment and fun, um, and in honour of the Papa John's trophy, this is, uh, why don't we talk about the best pizza topping? Hutchie, what's your favourite pizza topping? I know you're going to go left field on me, so don't disappoint. I, I think I might disappoint you actually. Oh, do you know what I've come to love in the last in the last two or three years since I went to Naples? Oh yes, um, and had the the best pizza I've ever had in my life by some considerable distance yeah. in this little place in Naples, which is like one of the two places that are both claiming to have invented the margarita. Yeah. I like a re- I now like a really simple pizza. I just like really good quality tomatoes and some really good quality mozzarella on there with some basil. That's and what that, I like. And drizzle that, with olive oil. I absolutely that, love it. That, of course, is Italian food all over. Simple, but incredibly yeah. good ingredients and incredibly tasty. And, of course, the margarita designed so to represent the Italian flag. Yeah. So, technically, that is a perfect answer from you, Hutchie. Stewie, what's your favourite pizza topping? I'm, um, I've got you down as a spicy meat sort of guy. Yeah, I'm at the other end of the scale. I think all of as many toppings as you can possibly get on there, please. Um, particularly meat, all of the meats, yeah. please. Yeah. Um, if I'm going to Domino's, it will be a Texas barbecue. I do like a, a like a barbecue base, if possible. And um, I'm very much in the pineapple does belong on a pizza camp, which I know uh, splits opinion. Mm. But this yes, was going to be this was going to be my next question because I'm very much with you, Stu. Pineapple on a pizza, absolutely. Roscoe, I bet you don't like pineapple on a pizza. Definitely not. That is just horrible. <laughs> Why? What are you talking about? It's, it's, a, it's a fruit. Yeah. So what? Again, it's, it's another stupid rule. You can't have pineapple on a pizza. It's bloody delicious. What's your favourite pizza, Rossi? Um, a lot of bit of meat. Bit of meat <laughs> Clip that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I love mushrooms on a pizza. Mushrooms and peppers. Um, but then you could say peppers, you know, it's sort of, you know, it's not a fruit pepper. Of course, it's a you know vegetable, Ooh. but it's sort of like you know, it's watery. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pineapple, fam- pineapple, which famously has no liquid in it. Yeah, a little bit, um, you know, a little bit. So, uh, what what are you saying then? What, what, if you if you were creating your own pizza, what are you putting on there? A bit of chicken. Yeah. Um, and then mushrooms, peppers. So I have a I have a chicken feast. I always get like Domino's. Always get rid of the sweet corn. I'm not a big fan of sweet corn, so I chuck that out and then replace it with um, more mushrooms. Nice, I like so. it. Um, Hutchie, just to dot the i's and cross the t's. Pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Uh, it's a no from me. I love pineapple. I don't. I don't really like it hot, right. um, particularly. But no, it'd, it'd be a no from me. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna chastise you for liking it. That's that's fine by me. How about anchovies, boys? Anyone like anchovies? Uh, I quite like I quite like anchovies. I it wouldn't be something I'd go for on a pizza, but they're in a lot of things that you wouldn't have thought they're in, like brown sauce. Yeah, heavy heavy anchovy presence in there. Yeah, Worcester sauce. Um, yeah, in general. There you go, then, Papa John's. That you've got our, you've got our <laughs> orders there. Um, Hutch, you'll have a margarita. Stu will have a, a spicy meat feast, and Roscoe will have a chicken feast, heavy on the mushrooms, but no no fruits or vegetables. Um, other than that. And, and and obviously the lads, the two, I think the the two lads there both mentioned Domino's pizza. We don't like Domino's pizza well, no, on this podcast. No, we, absolutely um, not. That was just an example. Um, Papa John's, yes, are 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 the best. They are the pizza. And my order from Papa John's would be like you, Hutchie, um, a straight margarita, but done well. I like pesto on mine as well. Um, which can be absolutely tremendous done well on a pizza. Um, right then, boys, I suppose we better take our leave. There is uh, stuff to be discussed, a pumpy game, which everyone is looking forward to, to build up to. Um, any other business before we take our leave? It's uh, There's a 17-day gap between league games, mm. um, which is quite something, isn't it? So the team could look very different come, uh, what's the first one back is... Shrewsbury at home, Shrewsbury and Hull at home on Saturday, Tuesday. So I always like those sort of back-to-back home games in quick succession. Um, I'd be interested to see if some of the walking wounded are, are back in time for that one. You might have got a few fringe players sort of up to speed uh, over these next couple of games as well. One or two might stand off the page. So um, hopefully they'll be in a, a better shape to kind of kick on again when uh, when the league action resumes. Hutchie, anything to add? I really want a pizza now. Oh, mate, so do I. Can we get on to Papa John's? Can get get him on speed dial. Explain Should who I... you are. <laughs> I... <laughs> Can I speak to John, please? <laughs> I don't want Papa. I want John. <laughs> uh, Roscoe, anything to add? No, just um, to, you know, of course, this weekend we remember, you know, the the soldiers who fought for our country and all that. Blimey, that was uh, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Very deep, yeah. But, you know, that come from nowhere. I just because I just saw it on the Itchers Town website, and you know, it's a remembrance this weekend, isn't it? So <laughs> it's a remembrance this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's that is, that's factually correct. Um, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I feel I feel like a fool now for not mentioning that earlier. <laughs> there we go. I'm sorry, I can't hold my laughter in anymore. Yes, um, obviously that is important, Ross, and, and thank you for raising it. Um, we will now take our leave. Um, follow us across all the social medias on Kings of Anger YouTube for that excellent film from Hotch Hogan, the uh, the Wembley 2000 film, which we'll talk about maybe more um, when Town haven't got a game one weekend. Uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. Um, here's up with a five-star review on iTunes because it helps us greatly in the visibility in the charts. It's much appreciated. Right then, Town angry game we've discussed that we've discussed the worst rules we've discussed pizza toppings and surprisingly at the end there we've popped in remembrance sunday as well um i hope you've enjoyed the show have a great rest of the week enjoy the game of the weekend if you care at all uh, and we'll be back next week next monday to discuss everything have a great one all and we'll speak to you again from true crime to football brexit to football more great podcasts from archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash
Oh,